It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get enrolling right after this from our partners. Dr. Ashraf Albana will be again hosting a Monday walk-in clinic to evaluate orthopedic sports injuries for youngsters and high school athletes. Certified physician assistant Tara Rakoski and certified athletic trainer Alan Getzinger will also be assisting Dr. Albana. The clinic will be on the second floor of the NOW building at the campus of Memorial Healthcare in Owasso. The clinic allows for x-rays to be taken and reviewed, access to an advanced 3T MRI, CT scan, or further imaging. The clinic will be held every Monday through October 16th from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. For more information, call 989-541-BONE or visit memorialhealthcare.org. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Well, it's Three Point Podcast time again, everybody. Episode 282. We're moving right on through the numbers, and it's presented by Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center. Check out memorialhealthcare.org for everything offered. Sign up for the October 21st Go Green, Go Blue 5K Run Walk, and you'll have a lot of fun with that. And we also want to thank our other partners, AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency, Tory Shook & Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House & Grill, check out their brand new menu, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. We've got another special guest tonight for our prep spotlight presented by Jacobs Insurance Agency, and that's Chesanine Head Coach Matt Walter will join us. We'll talk about the resurging Chesanine Indians and a couple of their big games this season, but as we always do, we... We do a little quick catch up of what's been going on with you fellas. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys um, how you, well, we'll talk about college football a little later, but how you enjoyed that slate yesterday, just a loaded college football slate, but it was a perfect day. Jared, you know how it goes. Ted, you, we've talked about it a number of times to be at work. It's if, <laughs> if I have to be at work on a day like that, because the multiple TVs, I, I know I tweeted out a picture to have all those games on. I had to do a WNBA game or recording on Sunday night. I just got back doing a WNBA playoff game. So we had all the NFL games up. It's just, it just makes me think like it kind of sticks to be at work for some of those, you know, busy days of football. But if you have to be, there's so much to watch right now. I mean, I know the Tigers are out of it. So we've kind of tuned out of baseball a little bit, college football, college or uh, NFL. And, you know, there's just so much going on right now. This and loaded high podcast obviously high school too so right, you're gonna right, be getting right. into that a little bit so yep. yeah, yeah I, I actually worked all day yesterday too matt and yep. i don't i actually notice is like when there's a slate or there's and i work today too nfl football college football if there's some sort of like distraction going while i'm working like it almost like hones me in it makes it feel like i'm right. not working 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and as a result, my work seems to be a lot better. I, I don't yeah. know. That's something I've noticed over the last couple of weekends. I've been working during these these big time football weekends, but uh, yeah, not a whole lot for catch up for me. I mean, this is kind of this is kind of lame, but I'm just going to tell you what I've been dealing with this week. Uh, really, I've been dealing with this since I've moved into a, my own apartment the last two or really since college last three years uh laundry i mean <laughs> dude it's it's becoming a serious issue it's to the point where i'll go you know one i hate the i anytime i have to share washers or in dryers even in college at grand valley when they were the primo uh quality it just grosses me out it makes you want to par yeah. every time so that's why usually whenever i have a chance i take my laundry to my parents but sure. i've been working so i haven't been able to uh so i had to drop off my laundry today and it washes. I notice there's clothes in the dryer when I go and start washing my clothes. Hour passes by the time my clothes are washed. Clothes are still in the dryer. Now my, my clothes are just sitting in the washer at this point, um, clogging the washers up. Another hour rolls by. I go check again. Still clothes are in there. Another hour rolls by. I go check again. The clothes are still in there. By this point, it's been three and a half hours. My clothes are just soaked. It's grossing me out so much. It's like really yep. pissing me off. I don't know why I just dropped the F-bomb, but whatever. <laughs> I did. It really was, though. It's like there's very few things that are like just pressure points on making me rage. And doing all my laundry, just to have it sit and soak in that dirty water with yeah. everybody else's clothes just was grossing me out. Mm-hmm. To the point, I took out the clothes. that I finally, after four hours, I took out the clothes that were in the dryer. And I threw them onto the ground, basically, and said, dude, I'm done it. I'm done. I waited five hours. I'm done. Was I in the wrong there? Well, I I, got to ask a little clarification because you kind of lost me a little bit. So you have you did a load of wash and then you put it in the dryer, right? No, I so there's three washers, right? There's three dryers. There's three washers. Okay. I had three separate washer loads going whites, towels, colors. Gotcha. I got you. Okay. Yeah. No, I think there there's an unwritten rule. Maybe, you know, you, like you said, you gave him an hour, gave him two. When it starts approaching three, four, five hours and you're taking up the dryers. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm tossing here. If there's not an empty laundry basket waiting, I don't know. I'm throwing them on top of the dryer or on the floor or something. You know, that's, I'll be on it. That's the worst part about the whole apartment sharing the laundry room oh. situation. Mm-hmm. It's hell, man. It's yeah. hell. The It's disgusting. I clean the, the the like there's a little lint trap. Yeah. Every time I put my clothes in it, I open it up. It's full of lint. It's disgusting. I <laughs> you clear think it it's out. like other people's lint is the yeah, thing you think just, about. Yeah. Dude, it, like I'm telling you, it gave me the willies today. Yeah. Having my clothes sit in that washer that long, and maybe yeah. it was like, dude, I might just rewash them at this point. Like this is so freaking gross. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's what that's what you deal with, Ted. That you don't have to deal with now that you're you know living the beach life, retired. <laughs> well, yeah, I haven't had I haven't had to do. Uh, coin laundry in a long time so that's something for you to look forward to you know the next yeah. apartment you get one that has a, like a combo washer dryer yeah. built right in one of the closets that's the way to go i was gonna say you know college is different you know whether you're in dorms or living in on campus housing or you know whatever that that's part of i, I feel like college life is the the shared laundry rooms um after that, though, I feel like I had like an epiphany. Maybe it was a situation like Jared's, mm-hmm. you know, where I had an apartment with a shared place and I had a similar, you know, people who either wouldn't clean them, they'd leave their stuff in or it would just be nasty and dirty. It was basically like I'm I'm never if as long as I'm renting, I'm never renting a place where I can't have my own washer and dryer. That's right. just that's just part of it. You know, 
multiple bathrooms. I never want a, a one. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you're living by yourself, that's different. But you want multiple bathrooms. You want your own laundry. There's just some of those things like you're going to check off because it is. I mean, you know, you, you hope people are taking care of this stuff and not throwing just absolutely disgusting clothes in the washer. But you do think about that. Like you're washing your clothes in other people's lint and like yeah, I know. filth kind Here, of. So here's, I guess, yeah. the thing that bothers me the most is, is that this was not a one time occurrence. Dude, this is every time I do my laundry, people's yeah. clothes sit in the dryer. Get them out. That's I don't rude. Get it. Get that them is out. completely rude, man. Yep. Yeah. I can just picture Jared uh, in that laundry room going off like Ryan Day pissed off about <laughs> Lou Holtz. Just we'll get going out. Man. I, think I know we will. Very differing opinions on that, on how that went down. <laughs> oh, man. Just you know, I'm just going to say my comment on it real quick. Just real quick. Uh-huh. Here's my problem with why people are bitching. So you notice the, the, out, the backlash from Ryan Day making those comments about Lou Holtz. All right. the commentary, and Ted, I specifically want your opinion on this as an older guy. Yeah. All the commentary are people bitching about at Ryan Day, like, why are you making fun of this 86-year-old guy? He's so old. Why are you even punching down at this old guy? Isn't it better that he treats Lou Holtz like like the human that he is? And he's still sharp. And go at him the same yeah, way. What if yeah, whoever uh, said that? Then, yeah. then people shitting on him. Like, it's almost more embarrassing to people that are saying, like, he's – you know, you're, you're punching down on him. Like, dude, he's, 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 he's still got everything there. Yeah. Well, I mean, he made the comment. Lou made the comment. Ryan day obviously took offense to it. Uh, when I, when I saw the interview and, you know, I've, I've got my own opinion on the whole thing. It just showed me that Ryan day is feeling the pressure yeah. as head coach of Ohio state. He's lost two years in a row to Michigan. Now he's getting all this negative publicity that, you know, he's really, let's see what he can do with his own players, you know, and not urban Myers. I, mean, I, I just saw it as man, the pressure just got to him and hell, he probably would have lost that game. If Notre Dame would have had 11 damn guys on the team on the field at the time, but that's just another thing. Yeah, we can, uh, I'll give a few more thoughts. We'll, we'll bring it up again in our college football yeah. chat, but I figured we were going to bring that up, and I figured we would also all not see it uh, eye to eye. Also, that that's how it goes on this that's podcast. It. So, Jared, you might want to rewash your clothes. Is what it comes down to. Yeah, that's what it they, all comes down to. Well, they're in the dryer right now, so it's you know the, we'll find out after the pod. I'm kind of half worried that I'm going to show up and my clothes are going to be soaked, thrown on the ground because this person's finally going to come and realize that their clothes are done. We better not go long. We better not go long. <laughs> right. Yeah, actually, that's kind of ironic you say that. We, I am going to go long. They're going to be sitting there about 30, 40 minutes after they're done. So See, wow. like the, maybe maybe the, the courteous thing to do would be, if you know it's going to be, leave a note. Put a little note on there and yeah. say, sorry, I'm, I'm going to be back in an hour or two, something like that. Yeah, I mean, or there's going to be a sort of solution, right? It right. happens every, like, there's something that my management at my building and all these other buildings had the same issues in college. How can we get this solved? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Let's put our brains together on that. Wow. Well, let's ponder it while we take a little break here. Let's take a break <laughs> and we'll come back and talk uh, a little Chesanine football with head coach Matt Walter on the prep spotlight right after this. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. 
That's 989-720-4380. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Well, next up on the podcast, it is our prep spotlight presented by Jacobs Insurance Agency. And we like to talk to some of the coaches in the area. And we've got uh, the great head coach of the Chesapeake Indians has turned the program around now in his second year, Matt Walter. And they had a couple big wins this year. Let's start right there. And, you know, did you guys really start believing in yourselves uh, after that new Lothrop game? Oh, absolutely. And I think even last year, when we had our first winning season, our guys started buying in and the younger, you know, the younger underclassmen started buying in. And then our staff is amazing at, at getting these kids prepared. Like my defensive coordinator, my offensive coordinator, getting them ready for New Ultra was, I mean, on point. Everything we knew it was coming and we knew they couldn't stop our, our zone offense. And, and, and it showed. And same thing with Montrose. We, we knew it was coming and our defense, I think, held them to 109 yards two yards rushing. So, I mean, these, these kids are locked in and, and they're, they're ready to go. Yeah. How does it yeah, feel so we, eating those um, like top programs, like a Montrose, like a new Lothrop? I mean, the last few years against New Lothrop, really for the last 10, 15 years against New Lothrop, it's been some pretty lopsided losses. I mean, how does it feel to kind of knock off those premier, you know, name brand programs? Well, it just shows a kid that hard work pays off and they can do it. Um, sometimes, I always tell them they play against the name on the jersey and not the person inside the jersey. And when you get beat so many times and, and beat pretty bad, you kind of get that in your mindset. And these kids are not in that mindset. They're the most competitive kids I know. Um, even in flag football, they're competing against each other, coaching with the little kids. And, and everything they do, they compete. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, we've, we've talked about it before with coaches we've had on is building a program from all the way down to first, yep. second, third graders, you know, kind of establishing that full program. And speaking of, you know, a program, we were talking uh, before we started recording, you know, so the three of us are Corona guys and uh, the I graduated in 2003. The Chesanine that I remember was watching Ryan Brady win a state title in 1998. And then in 2001, the state title that Chesanine won, uh, you know, was a big deal for mid-Michigan. I mean, Chesanine was the premier program in our area. That's what almost like the standard. You wanted to play up to Chesanine's standard. So I remember in 2002, my senior year, after you guys had won that state title, it was a huge deal coming in. Chesanine came to Corona and, and we were able to win, um, you know, being able to beat Chesanine, defending state, state champs. You know, it, it was a big deal. Since then, you know, Chesanine's kind of had some bumps in the road, um, made the playoffs in 2020, but before then hadn't made the playoffs since 2007. I don't say that to say anything bad about Chesanine. I say that to say, like, how do you reestablish that premier Chesanine program that, you know, Ted and I remember that you've probably heard a lot about or you just remember? How do you kind of get the kids believing the, the community, you know, the coaches, everything like that? How do you reestablish what Chesanine was? Well, when I came in, I wanted to make sure we were going to be our own team. You know, we're, yeah. we're really happy. We're really proud of the 98, 2001. And if we can get to that point, absolutely. 
but we wanted to kind of be our own identity, um, bring it back a little bit, bring pride. So I wanted to make sure the community was supporting us. And so we tried to go out and do a lot of stuff with the community. Um, you know, and, and anytime anyone wants to come to practice to watch us from our community, not from another team, but yeah. they can come watch us and see what we're doing. And, you know, just because sometimes people, you know, will will go out and say they're not doing this or not doing that. But, hey, come watch us. Come watch us in practice. See what we do. See, you know, and, and our guys do a great job of getting out to community events. You know, we were out at Garber for Stuff the Bus. We, we go read to the elementary every Friday. We do all this stuff to try to get, you know, involved in the community you you sure. build that tight-knit um you know with the community and and if they're supporting you you know good things are happening obviously yeah. and 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 you know good obviously times are good right now yeah. um so but the support has been amazing even when last year we lost a couple games blowouts to montrose and new Oak, they were still supportive they they seen the progress and and that's these kids have worked so hard for it and and it's starting to show now so patience is virtue Mm-hmm. Yep. You guys are going to have your chance at a little bit of revenge uh, next week uh, against Ovid Elsie. Uh, just last year, you guys kind of broke the, you know, I think it was seven straight years. You guys didn't have a winning record. You guys got the five and four last year, snapped that streak. Uh, you guys are already three and oh in the MMAC conference. You got three more games coming up against Ovid Elsie, Duran, Lakeville. Is that something you're starting to think about? Is hey, maybe let's make a push here for this conference title? Is that one of your guys' goals before the season or where are you guys at in that sense? Uh, we're going to beat OE. That's our goal right now. Tonight, that was our goal. We we watch film and we're on to OE. You know, that's what that's what's so great about these guys is after a big win, Montrose and New Ulta, we're celebrating, we're happy. We come in Sunday, we're locked on. Let's get ready for the next game. And all these kids are focused. Um, and and yeah, obviously our, our goals were my first goal was to have a winning record, then move into playoffs and then conference. Well, if you move into playoffs in this league more than likely you've got a chance to win the conference. So mm-hmm. that's our goal in the end is let's win the conference. Let's get to the playoffs. But right now our goal today is we're going to beat OE next week. And, and like you said about revenge, we, <laughs> we, we remember last year, it was oh, yeah. not pretty for us. And, and I'm telling you right now, our kids are, are, are ready to go already. If we could play right now, they would play right now. Well, it's going to be a great matchup without a doubt. Now it's a, it's a home game, right, Matt? Yes. So it's going to be our uh, senior night. Yep. Awesome. Well, uh, you you have some good seniors on the team, obviously, but also let's talk about some of your players. Okay. I know uh, Braden Florian is having a great year. I know you, you were quoted in the Argus that he's a special running back. Start with him and maybe some of the other key players that you have that you want to spotlight a little bit. Well, obviously, Braden Florian's had the numbers in the past three, four games of 200 yards rushing and a couple TDs. He is a tough back. And even last year, we told him there's no way you should go down on first contact, how big and strong you are in your first step. And he's actually our running back coach has done a great job this year of, of teaching him how to cut one jump cut and get north and south, you know, and sometimes he wants to do a little bit too much. So he's he's done an amazing job when you're big, you're strong, you're quick and you have a quick first move. You're, you're tough to bring down. And then you go to our old line. That's 280, 270, 250 you know, 205, 215, you know, our line was undersized last year. We had a guard that was probably 150 pounds, you know, so (laughs) to have the size we have now to just get in front of someone and move them, you know, it doesn't have to be a pancake block, just get in front of someone and move them, be a door and, and then he'll cut off you. And that's kind of where we've simplified it offensively so we can play faster and we don't have to think as much. And also our quarterback, Max has done an excellent job last year. He would take some negative yards, (laughs) 
um, instead of getting rid of the ball or scrambling. And this year, he's done a great job of, of keeping us in front of the chains. And, uh, and you know, and we have uh, Brady Sager, who's our backup quarterback. He was hurt. He was actually hurt on Friday, so he didn't play. So our starting safety, but he's made tackle after tackle at our safety because we want them to be run support. Mm-hmm. So he's done a great job there. And, and what can you say about our defense? You know, 28 points is always given up in the league. I mean, that is our defensive coordinator has these kids playing hard and yep. he's a great defensive mind and, and the kids have bought in. They believe in what we're teaching them. And when the kids believe they have the confidence to do it and s- success will happen. And it's showed. Yeah, that's I, huge. When you when you can get the kids to buy in and, you know, um, buy in, I guess, is yeah. what it is, you know, and you, you want them that they're actually listening to you. They're not just going yeah. out there to practice, going through the motions because they want to play football with their buddies or something like that. They know there's bigger goals, especially now after getting those big wins against New Lothrop and Montrose. Maybe that helps to really be like, look at this. This is what we've been talking about. This is the work that you're putting in. Um you mentioned again before we started recording, we, we were talking a little bit. You're kind of from my era, early early two, 2000s, and now you've kind of bounced around the state coaching all the way up to the UP, over to the Thumb, and and um, obviously now in Chesnane. What have you seen that is so much different in the high school game, whether it's on the field, off the field, coaching, strength and conditioning, anything, than back like in our days in the early 2000s? Well, uh, the the weight room has changed yeah. a little bit. Back in the day, we we hit the weight room all the time, and it seemed like it started to slow down a little bit. And they wanted to do some other things. But this year, even last year, we we hired a strength condition conditioning coach, and and the kids have hit the weights hard. They've hit it hard, and they see, oh man, if I put in this time, I'm, I'm you know, talent's only going to take you so far. And, sure. and all of a sudden, now I was, you know, I'm a little stronger. I'm a little physically stronger. I'm a little, oh now I'm a little mentally stronger, so I can compete against these these teams like New Oldtrop and Montrose. And, and so that's what I've seen a big difference in. I'm also a detailed person. So when we practice, we have everything detailed, we're efficient. Small things matter in our program, very small things. Even walking by a young kid and giving them knuckles and say, hey, how's your day? Those things matter. And when you get to a game, your assignment is here. That Even though it's a little thing and you might not make that tackle, but you plug that gap, guess what? That, that matters. So those little things and those kids have, have bought into those little things. And when you do the little things, big things will happen. Yep. We were talking before the pod coach and you've kind of been all over the state. I mean, you said you've been in the West side, Ionia, you've been all the way up in the UP. Uh, I got a question about the UP later, but uh, (laughs) Chesaning, I tell you what, there's something magical about those Friday nights in Chesaning, even when I was growing up and a kid, even when the program maybe wasn't to the point it's at now. Uh, what's it been like kind of being the coach in that community and playing underneath those lights at that field? Well, I've been doing this for 16 years. So if you're <laughs> going to stress about stuff, um, it's going to it's going to hurt you. And I try not to stress about it. My family does a great job of of supporting me in that regard. You know, there's going to be stressful times. But sure. but even then, you just got to go in and, and prepare the kids the best you can. And what happens happens. If those kids, they've played hard for us. They they like I said, they bought in. They believe um, and then you go to our stadium. Oh, amazing stadium, amazing Beautiful. turf, you know, everything's good. The, the community, the support we get, um, you know, from our golf outing to our comedy show, all that's been amazing. So 
it's it's like no other Friday nights. You know, mm-hmm. it's like no other. Yeah, you know, it's fun to have a college football game on a Saturday, but when Friday night comes out and and the Enter Sandman's playing and, and you're getting <laughs> ready to play, you just wish you could put the pads on and go out there one more yeah. time. Yeah, there's nothing like it. I agree. Now, I got a question for you. It might be a little lighthearted. Um, I'm a fan of the uh, of the TV coverage in their after game show, their Friday night shows, you know. And the highlight was uh, the pass from Volk as he was sliding down, getting tackled, and he threw up kind of a Hail Mary to Florian. Did he catch that or did the defensive back have that? Oh, it was a completion. Okay. <laughs> 100% completion. Had to ask it because I'm watching the video. No, I don't know. Absolutely. He had it the whole All time. All right. Well, Speaking well done, coach. Well absolutely. done. Absolutely. Great catch. Great catch. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, we've we've had Sam Ali on. I, I don't know if it was his highlight you're talking about, Ted. Yeah, it, it was. It was. I don't, or, yeah, Brandon Green we've had on a few times. He's at ABC 12 and some other media members. How, how do you like that? Even how that's changed since, you know, back in the early 2000s, back in, our, you know, our day, like having, you know, having all these highlights on Twitter and YouTube and obviously on TV, like how, how cool is that for the kids and for it's, you to it, see? It's pretty amazing. You see the smile on their face, even tonight during film, one of the kids is like, coach, you should have taught us how to talk to the media, you know, and stuff <laughs> like that. And it's like, you guys tell the truth, tell the truth. Yeah. You know, tell them, tell them how it is. Be authentic. Are going. Yeah. Be, yeah. Don't, don't try to be something different. Be truthful. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, this worked, this didn't, you know, and I'm an honest person. I'm going to tell you how it is. And, and, and when I say like, these kids are locked in, uh, these kids are locked in. Like I, I, I've never seen it so much in the eyes of kids. They want to, they want to be so successful on the field and off the field. And that's, that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah. I got one last question for you. I kind of teased it a little bit about you coaching in the UP. I tell you what, the idea of coaching in the UP football, high school football, sounds like maybe my dream job. I would quit what I'm doing right now and go and do it. Uh, it sounds awesome. What made, what was that like, and what made you come back to you know kind of the mid Michigan area? So with coming back was family. You know, I have younger mm-hmm. nieces and nephews. I want to see them grow up, and it was tough being. It was ten hours away. You know, yeah. eight, nine, nine and a half hours. But um, it was it was different. It was different coaching up there where I was at. We actually co-opted with three other schools, Jeffers, oh. Chassel, Dollar Bay. So it was kind of tough. I would have to take time off to go recruit, basically, right. to get kids out. But but I just remember the last game was our Copper Bowl every year, and you're out there in shorts, and then the next thing you know, it's snowing, and it dropped <laughs> 20 degrees. And, you know, I had to call a family member to go get me a sweatshirt because I didn't know that it was going to be like this. But right. um it's it's good football. It really is good football. Um, you know, Calumet up there's always been strong and and you know, Lake Linden's been strong. So it was good football. Um, just the weather was I'll pass yeah. on that. I'll pass on that one. Yeah, yeah. Not I feel like I, I'm blanking right now, but I feel like the last few years, um yeah, I'm blanking around, but I feel like the last few years there's been some teams from the UP coming down to Ford Field and making it all the way to the state title game. I'm, I'm kind of forgetting which schools they are. but oh, absolutely. You look at the top uh, teams in Division Six, and I think Nagani and Gladstone. Right. I mean, those those teams, right. I remember playing uh, Menominee, and they had a offense that their offensive double, line was d- massive. Double right. wing, is that what yep. they ran? Yep, but they would they would run the ball, but they could also throw out of that run, and it mm-hmm. was it was tough to stop, and it was yeah. – it was they're they're monstrous up there. So yeah, um, they have to be with that cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. A lot of um, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, so 
uh, a little more um, off the topic of Chesanine again, before we started recording and came up here and I, I own you grant. And um, I knew your name sounded familiar. And, and Ted, once we kind of started talking to the same thing. So again, we're from the same era, three Corona guys, basketball quarterfinals. When my, my team, Jared's dad was the coach. We made it to the quarterfinals against your Ionia team. Mm -hmm. You, you had to be, you had to be sure to bring up that Ionia was one of our two regular season losses yep. that year, yep. which, which really we burned the tape. It, it, yeah. Famous thing. <laughs> Jared's dad buried the tape. We never watched that tape in, in practice afterwards. Um, that's crazy. It's just crazy. You it know, is. small world, small, small world. world. Um, like I said, I knew your name kind of sounded familiar. Um, how, how cool were those memories? And maybe like, how do you take those memories you have? You, you played football also at Ionia and then going on a deep run um, in basketball. How do you kind of take those experiences and let it translate, I guess, to, you know, coaching? Well, it's it's unlike anything, you know, you're, yeah. you're the pressures there, the you know, all that type of stuff. And and you got to have fun, you know, yeah. as, as you get older and stuff like that, you, you, you know, you, you try to do too much. And, and like I said, I, I airballed a, a pretty important <laughs> shot and, you know, the pressure was there. And so, yeah. so you look back and, and bad things are going to happen. And I said it Friday night, bad things are always going to happen. You're not going to stop everyone. You're not going to stop every touchdown. You're not going to stop every yard. You just got to keep fighting through it. And, and that's in life today kids just got to keep fighting through stuff bad things are going to happen and, and and our kids right now are starting to understand that you know to hold new ultra up at the end um and and you know they got down to what the five yard line five yard line and, yeah and you got a pick. great stop and then you know fitting that alec fowler picks it off the kid that's our top leader and and stuff like that and they didn't bend they didn't break, right. I should say. They let bend. They didn't break. And that's that's what we want to kind of do when they were gaining five, six yards. That's fine. Keep gaining yeah. five, six yards. We're up, you know, 14 points. We'll 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 let you do that and run the clock. And and that's what they got to understand a little bit that stuff's yeah. gonna happen. You just gotta fight through. Yeah. Last question for you, Matt, before we let you go. Um, just looking forward. What what is the what does the what do the Indians have to do to get their goals the rest of this year? We have to match physicality. We have to. Um, you're going against OE, who they're big and physical. And then we got Duran the following week, who are big and physical. So we mm -hmm. have to match. I told them Friday, we got to smack people in the face. You smack yeah. people in the face, they'll back off. Mm -hmm. You just got to keep smacking. You know, you're going to get punched once in a while, but you got to smack back. And, and, and that's what it's going to come down to, our offense and defensive line. And I think we have one of the best offense, defensive line in the, in the area um, with what we do. So – they just got to keep doing their thing, keep working hard. We talked about it tonight. We got to get back to work. We got to get, we got to improve. Even yeah. though we're playing well, we still have to improve. Well, Jim Rome has his jungle karma. You got three point karma, man. Good luck to you. <laughs> Thank Friday you. Friday night and the rest it. of the year. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank all you right, guys Cole. for, for having me on and, and, and showing that Chesney is, is, is coming back football wise. We, we want to make sure that people understand we're, we're doing the right things and, and, and we'll be, we'll be back for sure. Yeah. No, we, we said it, uh, I think on Twitter or something, mid Michigan football is better when Chesanine yeah. is good. We, it, it just is, you know, yep, when, and we, and we read that stuff. So we appreciate that very much. Yeah. Our guys, our guys need that stuff. They need that reassurance from outside communities because you'll get told you're great inside your community. But when all of a sudden you go outside your community and Hey, you guys are doing a good job. You got, you know, now all of a sudden we got to face Chesney. Uh Oh, you know, and that, yeah. That's an amazing feeling. Yeah. 
And we truly awesome. believe it too, man. So again, best of luck the rest of the way. Appreciate you taking time out. And we'll have a little bit more here on the Prep Spotlight presented by Jacobs Insurance Agency right after this from the folks at Jacobs. Jacobs Insurance Agency has served Shiawassee County and the surrounding areas since 1977. Just like Three Point Podcasts, we've had three generations, Gary Jacobs Sr., Gary Jacobs II, Brian Jacobs, and myself, Noah Jacobs, serving our community with offices in Waterford and Owasso on M21, just west of Home Depot. Stop in or go online to jacobsinsurance.com to get a quote or get your questions answered by our team. Jacobs Insurance is a proud supporter of our local schools and the proud sponsor of the Prep Spotlight. Insure everything, local, independent, and trusted. It's our family working together to protect yours. That's the Jacobs way. All right, guys, that was that was some good stuff with Matt. I mean, it's it's cool that we finally were able to put together the name. You knew him from playing against him, and I remember broadcasting when he yeah. played. But uh, it's funny how it is such a small world, and he's doing a great it job is. up there at Chesonine. It's cool. And, and, you know, to get the experience, like Jared, you asked him about up in the UP. He said um, we didn't talk about it in the interview, but he told us he was over in the thumb for a little bit and then back now to mid-Michigan. So he he understands the area. I mean, Ionia isn't necessarily mid-Michigan, but, you know, he mm-hmm. understands, you know, maybe getting in the community and stuff like that. So you, you can tell, man, he you can tell he, he's going to run a good program, just like last year. I remember when we interviewed John Webb at, at yeah. Durand. You can tell coaches that just get it obviously like Clint Galvis whenever we talk to him or you know there's some other coaches that we talk to that it's just like you know so you have ups and downs sometimes because sometimes right. you don't have as much talent or you know something like that in high school but gonna run a strong program for sure well that game last week was 16 to 6 at Montrose the Indians won that one to improve to 4 and 1 3 and 0 oh in the league Braden Florian ran for like he said 200 yards a couple touchdowns and a field goal to go along with that first win over the Rams since 2005 now I'll tell you what guys re-look at Sam Ali's video and <laughs> I, I still think that's a debatable call but it doesn't matter it went Chesanine's way I, I watched it because I, I did watch the highlight I wanted to see you know the highlight of that game yeah. I knew we might be having coach on of course coach is going to say it was a catch but <laughs> Here's, here's the important thing. They won by 10 points, so whatever, not a catch. They still won by three. So There yeah. you go. Not yeah. taking anything away from it. And uh, speaking of good teams in our area, obviously, Corona, number four in Division Five, no problem on the road at Lake Fenton, 49-17. to 17. I mean, Wyatt Bauer just keeps going. Another monster game, 10 of 11, 260 yards, three touchdown passes, two to his twin, Tarek, 42 and 56 yards, another 55-yarder to Lucas Curran, and then Wyatt ran for oh, 165, three more touchdowns. Insane. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an unbelievable year he's putting together, man. It's video game numbers, and we we talked about Lake Fenton. You know, maybe they're not there. Might be a little down this year. You know, who knows? I don't know. But um, that's still a quality team, quality program. He's not doing it against just like you know JV teams. I mean, he's no. he's putting up these numbers against some pretty good programs. Um, it's insane to see. He he might. I mean, he's he's well on his way. He might. We don't want to counter what counter chickens before they hatch. Is that the saying? Yeah. He might go down as the best Corona football player, not just quarterback, Corona player ever. That's yeah, that's in the school next history. Step. He, he might be. Well, said you're funny. You said I mean you you rank Strigo ahead of everybody every time we ask <laughs> you. But then I mean I've been telling you this for years, but whatever. You always would put Strigo at the top. Um, but anyway, I mean it's going to be a great game this weekend. I oh, mean I can't wait. I'm hoping yeah. I'm, I'm going to be able to get there. 
uh, stop into the booth, maybe at halftime, talk to Ted for a little bit. Yep. Um, I mean, you got to be excited to be calling this one, right? This is, oh, this is what in, you do, the, do it 40 years in the business for, right? Absolutely. I'll be uh, third Mike, but I'll be definitely looking forward to that one. And uh, just to clear the record, of course, my dad is a Bill Strigo fan. I, I didn't see him play. It was a little before my time. <laughs> I, but you I, always I, said that. I did not. I always said Kyle Clough. I always said I, I'll t- I was on record the last game we did. I said I I brought up Bill Strigo because my dad said he's the See? greatest. Uh, I always thought Kyle Clough was. Cronus had some good quarterbacks. Dave Harvey, Tony Hornus was an excellent quarterback. But I had always kind of leaned to Kyle Clough. To frankly, until you came along, Jared, and you had a you had a really nice couple years oh, there at Corona. Yeah. But I have to throw you out because I'm related to you. But I I came on the air. On the football game, and I've said it a couple times now, Wyatt Bauer's best quarterback I've ever seen at Corona. It's insane. That's it. When, when, he watches, when he watches highlights, I mean, the running just looks like a natural runner. He, his, yeah. his passes are his perfect on the money. Form. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. he's a heck of I, – I mean, texting with some friends who, you know, go to the games still in the area. I'm surprised he's not getting D1 looks. I mean, I'm not necessarily – maybe not Michigan, you know, or something well, like Colorado that. Colorado like, State offered – Colorado right. State I mean, I mean, I guess ride. more D. Maybe he is getting more D one looks, but he's committed to SPSU, so maybe yeah. he's not looking. But well, yeah, I mean, once you commit, I think that's and that's. I think a lot of people thought maybe they would wait to commit uh, because of that. Like you said, like more offers would come in. But I mean, when 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 you know, you know. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Ryan Brady and SPSU, you know the Chesapeake connection. Ryan Brady's been mentioned a few times on tonight's podcast. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's simple as that, you know. But one thing I will say, Ted, that was funny about your quarterback, Mount Rushmore. You yeah. were you were describing it in these these you know quote unquote legendary names. Yeah. And all I'm thinking is like, if there's people out of town listening to them, they don't know any one of those names. <laughs> so I just thought I just thought it's kind of funny, man. I mean, we love Corona football, but man, they, uh, they they we have that that kind of you know national talent. That you well, see. yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, we yeah. do have people out of the area that that would have no clue, but we also have a fair share in the area. So yeah. I'm just gonna call it like i see it but Um, let's let's not bury the lead this is all coming back to goodrich versus corona friday goodrich versus corona friday at the nick it's not just because we're corona grads that's going to be one heck of a game two undefeated teams state i would think yep two undefeated teams top of their divisions um like you said corona's number four goodrich is right up there too number one number one corona's first home game of the season which is just still kind of crazy five games in but this is one of those that, you know, I, I remember my dad would used to, he would show up at, he would go to the Nick and like lay the blanket out on mm-hmm. the bleachers at oh, like yeah. 9, <laughs> 9, 10 a.m. to like yeah. save a seat. You're, you're going to have to do that. Down. Yeah, you, you're going to have to do that. I, I hope, like Jared, you said earlier, um, I hope that everyone in Corona is at this game. So, I hope I hope that there's no one left anywhere else except at the Nick. Does right. Corona still have the blocked press box entrance, Ted? I mean, you got to be worried about that, right? No, no, they fixed it. They fixed it somehow. I, it'll be my first look at it, but <laughs> apparently they've made it a, a walkway for us to get in. <laughs> By the way, taking a quick look at the numbers, I mean, just think about this. Corona averages 45 and a half points a game, giving up only six. And the, and the Martians average 42.6, giving up two touchdowns, 14 a game. And uh, they were the runner-up in the state last year, so... This yeah. is this is going to be some kind of matchup. Real quick, like uh, other games that we did have, New Lothrop, no problem with Lakeville, 54 zip. Duran pounded Mount Morris, 49 to 13. I mean, you have connections in Perry, Matt, 
57 yep. to nothing over Flint. Everybody got to play in that one, that's for sure. Everyone got to play. It was their homecoming. You you love having a game like that on homecoming. You got to right. schedule homecomings that way for sure. Yep. And Ovid Elsie, kind of a weird scheduled game against Shepard out of conference, 42 to 16. Trice Tokar, a couple of touchdowns, and they travel to Chesanine next week to take on Matt Walter and the Indians. So got some good football here now that uh, you know we're in five weeks deep, heading to week six. I don't follow that team very closely, but every week you say the name Trice Tokar, and I'm thinking this guy is like he's like Ronnie Bass, like he should be like an elite <laughs> like high school quarterback. I don't know something about man Trice Tokar. I, I can't wait Ronnie to hear that name Bass. again next week. He's pretty good, but I will say this: you you you'd knock him down a couple notches. I think he wears his uniform number; it's in the 20s, and he's the quarterback. I think he's number 21 oh, yeah, or something. That's but not, not great. But he is, an, he is an athlete, too. He won uh, the state championship in pole vaulting his sophomore and junior year. So wow. not bad. Not bad. Not bad. All right, guys. That's the Prep Spotlight presented by Jacobs Insurance Agency. Now let's get into the meat and potatoes, college football, and Detroit Lions football right after this. As we gear up for another exciting fall sports season, Dr. Albana will again host a Monday walk-in clinic to evaluate acute orthopedic sports injuries for adolescent and high school athletes. Dr. Albana, orthopedic and sports medicine surgeon at Memorial Healthcare, will be assisted by certified PA Tara Rakoski and certified athletic trainer Alan Getzinger. Whether you're dealing with sprains, strains, bruises, or any other athletic mishaps, Dr. E and his highly skilled team could get you back on your feet and back in the game. The clinic will be held every Monday through October 16th from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at Memorial Healthcare Center for Orthopedics on North Shiawassee Street in Owasso. For more information, call 989-541-BONE or visit memorialhealthcare.org. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services is the official and exclusive realtor and broker for Three Point Podcast. Corey and her team have been providing personal, exemplary service and real estate sales since 2004. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services are total professionals helping you sell your current house or buying your dream home. Stop in at 216 West Exchange Street in Owasso, get info online at coreyshook.com, and follow on Facebook at Corey Shook Realtor for more details. If you are looking for honesty, ambition, and expertise, you're looking for Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services. All right, fellas, I can uh, start us off here. I, I'll, I've been kind of apologizing a lot lately on this podcast. Um, <laughs> Never good. I, I like to say it because I wear my opinions on my sleeve. What comes to my head, I just say it. I don't really think of the repercussions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I think I know where this might be going. But go I, there might be another one coming later. But the first one, <laughs> Michigan, uh, Jim Harbaugh. Just seeing him back on the sidelines, man, it, it makes me feel whole. It makes me feel so much calmer about where the program is heading, where this team is at. Uh, you know, it's like a baby when you're a newborn and you get reconnected with your mom. Like you, something's right, man. I, they look so much better. Yeah, really not in any statistical or factual way, just in terms of Harbaugh's on the sidelines. Yeah, he's in control. He's in control. Yeah. And, you know, he has his hand in all those different areas, you know, play calling, defensive play calling, you know, rah, rah, halftime, pregame speech, everything. This the whole tone of the team felt a lot different. Uh, And really the thing you just got to write home about this defense. I don't know how they do it, man. Every year we, we laugh how they lose all this first round talent and they just revamp it. I mean, Mike Sanders still, I love watching him play. The yeah. nickel corner, so much fun. Number zero, visor, making the biggest play of the game. Pick six uh, on a critical fourth down play. 
Uh, I mean, what more can you say about this secondary and, and that defense? Jesse Minter's got them rolling. Uh, and they and that's the thing with Harbaugh, man. New coordinators, Durkin, Dr. Blitz, it doesn't matter. This defense has always been damn good. So yeah. I just feel good. You know, there's obviously still a lot of things to work out. McCarthy, kind of a meh game. Edwards, I don't know where he's been. He's been a ghost. Uh, yeah. I, I, he's done nothing uh, really all year. Uh, that's starting to become a little bit of a problem uh, in my eyes. But let's just start with the positive. Harbaugh's back. Uh, and it felt great. It was a big win. Yeah, I tweeted it out because I, w- I was curious. I was at work today and had a little downtime, and I saw some people tweeting about Donovan Edwards, and I had been wondering. So I looked up his games last year. He's bas- he's on pace with his yards, rushing and receiving, as he was last year at this point. So I know it feels like after how he blew up at the end right. of last season, you thought that he was just going to be busting these long runs like he was against Ohio state and take that next step. Yeah. Right. That's not happening. So hopefully they're just figuring out ways. And it seems like they're still trying to work out the offensive line a little bit. So, you know, maybe in a week or two, we start to see some more, but yeah, I'm with you. It just feels different with Harbaugh out there. You know, it it feels like if things start to go sideways a little bit, that he's going to write the ship. Like even when Rutgers three game, three plays in they're busting a 65 yard or whatever touchdown. And you're like, what the heck is going on? Michigan goes three and out, and you're like, oh, geez, here we go. Another one of these slow starts. To me, that's about the only thing that you could probably be critical about, about that last game. Did you get start. a little worried? I, I was a little worried after that early part of the game. I, I a don't... little worried worried only because I was like, we can't turn the ball over. Like, right. we're already behind the sticks, you know, as they say. And, you know, J.J. did throw a few interceptions last week, so it was kind of like – we can't start turning the ball over because Rutgers is going to be solid. You mentioned the defense, Jared. After that long touchdown, they gave up basically like 190 yards the rest of the game. Yeah. No points. So that defense just adjusts. And, you know, there's still there's still a couple injuries that they're, you know, working in and out or whatever. So they're going to figure it out. The offense, you know, they're they're obviously relying a little more on JJ's arm, which I'm fine with, even if he did throw some picks. I just I'm, I'm kind of with you. I I just feel really good. They're heading yeah. to Nebraska for their first road game. You know, it's going to be a test, but I I'm not worried. You know, I yeah. They may lose. You know, you never know what's going to happen. But I feel pretty good about this team right now. Yeah, I, and like I said in my instant reaction, I mean, I was a little nervous at the beginning, the way it yeah. started off. I mean, JJ seemed to the, those interceptions were still on his mind. And he was trying to be too fine with his passing instead of right. just letting it go. And you could tell the coaches picked up on that as well and they dialed it down a little bit gave him a couple easy passes right. to get him off the snide and then it was uh he, he was normal jj at that point and i think he will be now the rest of the year you know yep. now that harbaugh's there he's the he's the quarterback whisperer you know he'll yep. calm him down if he throws an interception so I, the offense is still like kind of kind of I'm still a little bit worried about it i still will stand by what i've said all year which is i feel like they've kind of maybe lost their way uh, a little bit I, they're, they're just not you know, I think about what Michigan, what I kind of hope they could be is kind of like those Urban Meyer type Ohio State teams, you know, where they just would Carlos Hyde, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. They were like rushing for 250 yards a game. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought that was what we were going to kind of see this year. Obviously, there's been the emergence of McCarthy as, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the country. But I don't know. Something's not right with this rushing attack. And, and it makes me a little bit worried. Uh, I mean, we saw that Ohio State Notre Dame game. It's like you're going to need those kind of that type of win coming down the stretch. We saw it last year against right. Illinois where you're just going to have to kind of out-tough a team. Yeah, uh, We know the defense is good, but something's not right with this offense yet. Yeah, and, you know, maybe that, like, they were easing Corum back, you know, from his injury, working in a couple new offensive linemen, figuring out. So, I, I don't know. I, I kind of more see it as 
like working out the kinks. Now you can only use that excuse for so long. We're halfway right. entering halfway through the season. So, you know, at some point you got to figure it out. Nebraska's the number one rush defense in the country also. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, they're going to test their offensive line. They're going to test the offensive line and the run game. So maybe a little more pressure on JJ. So, you know, it, it will get tougher as we go. You got Penn state, obviously Michigan state's a little down, but it's always going to be a tough game. And, you know, Ohio state and everything. So, no, I just – it's one of those things – we've talked about the running clock now. You know, they're not stopping the clock after first downs now in college football. Michigan only had seven possessions on Saturday. An under three-hour game, too. Under three-hour <laughs> game. And because, you know, Michigan is run heavy, the, the clock is going to run when they have yeah. the ball. Seven possessions. So if you think about that, hmm. J.J. throwing three interceptions the previous week hmm. – you, that makes the margin for error like this. Yeah, <laughs> You're only going to have the ball seven times. I mean, yeah, you, you can rely on your defense, but you can't be turning the ball over. you got to score. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be curious to see <laughs> how this offense progresses. It, it's kind of, man, it's embarrassing. Look at the rest of the schedule. It's like they have like cupcake after cupcake for the next like four or five weeks until Penn State. It's almost going to be like kind of like Corona's schedule where it's like, man, you just – you keep playing these sort of, you know, lackluster teams. And then when you have that big matchup, you're going to be so revved up. It's, you know, you're, I'm almost a little bit worried about that Penn State game, you know, coming to town and whatever, five weeks. But we don't got to talk about that right now. I mean, things could be a lot worse. Right. I mean, it could be Michigan State. I mean, dear Lord. Um, apparently, from what reports came out uh, after the game, apparently the, you know, interim head coach basically brought the team to a vote, um, Owasso style, if you remember that kind of inside mm-hmm. joke, Ted. Uh, yeah, where yeah, the players raise their hand and vote whether you know they want to still be with in this program or not. Of course, nobody raised their hand. Check with them tomorrow. The yeah, that. But whenever that happens, man, you just know it's dire straits, uh, mm-hmm. and it's just been depressing to see this program, which I really didn't think was that far off. You guys remember, I was kind of hammering their over uh, five and a half wins. Yep. Nobody else was. Vegas was way against it, but. I don't know. I just was dead wrong about them. Noah Kim struggling. This program is maybe the worst it's ever been. I mean, you guys have lived a lot longer than me. Is this the worst Michigan football's ever? Michigan State football's ever been? Uh, Bobby Williams had a pretty bad year. Yeah. Uh, there's been a couple. They've had some bad years, but it's it's this is the cycle where you know everything that could go wrong went wrong, starting with Mel Tucker. You know, and I mean, just think about this. That was the first Maryland win over Michigan State and East Lansing since 1950. I mean, (laughs) Harlan Barnett's 0-2. I mean, and like like you're leading into, get ready for the mass exodus. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. That'd maybe be one difference between previous years when they were down is the transfer portal. Right. Guys, if they see the writing on the wall, yeah, raise your hand if you're still bought into the program. Guys are going to start to be like, this is stupid. I mean, they're looking at – Keon Coleman transferred down to Florida yeah. State, and he's catching touchdowns in national stage games. They're about to make a run to the playoff. NFL and, scouts there watching him. Right, NFL scouts, and, you know, they're on primetime TV and everything, and you're sitting here wasting away in East Lansing in a program that right now has no direction. Right. Yeah, there, there might be a lot of guys transferring. Hopefully, hopefully they can kind of keep it a little stable because, like we've said before, it yeah <laughs> – we're not Michigan State fans necessarily, but the big the Big Ten and the rivalry is better when Michigan State is at least good, you know, yeah. solid. So you hope they don't take a bad dip. 
one thing that I, I thought was kind of a funny reply, and I don't know why I never really thought about it, but it's like everyone's talking about how these recruits are going to leave or these players are going to leave. I mean, where are they going to go? <laughs> there might be the worst team in the Big Ten. Where are these kids going to go? That's a right. thought. <laughs> so I guess if you're a state fan, you got that. Like, I mean, yeah, maybe they want to leave, but I mean, they might end up just being stuck in the portal. Uh, in, in positive news, I kind of want to, I feel like it's time to kind of close the door on this season until Michigan week, we reopen it because uh, that's always a great game. But I want to throw out some of the potential replacement candidates that are out there for Michigan State football. You guys tell me if any of these uh, entice you and think it would be a great hire. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Elko, Duke's current head coach. He's got them rolling right now. I think they're 5-0. and mm-hmm. Big win over Clemson week one, if we remember. He's legit. Uh, he's legit. Game, like game day going to Duke this weekend. Yep. I think he's he's obviously a home run hire. I, I don't know. Again, I don't know where Michigan State ranks anymore. People are saying it's a top 20 program. They've had so much bullshit the last 10, 15 years. I, I don't know I if know. it is that way. I think right. it easily could be if you get the right guy in there. They're right back to that top 20 program year after year that they've been my whole life. But I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure if, if a lot of these guys would even take the Michigan State job. This is the one that I would circle. I think this is a possibility. Lance Leopold, Kansas, um, he's their head coach. He knows a thing or two about turning around a program. We remember Kansas when they were the absolute, you know, doormat of college football for my, my entire childhood. They've yeah. really got something going now under Lance Leopold. I, that would be an interesting candidate. Pat Narduzzi, Pitt, Pitt head coach, obviously the Michigan State ties as defense coordinator with D'Antonio. He would never do it. Uh, this is one that I also think would never do it. Mark Stoops, Kentucky. Uh, I don't understand that one either. Uh, but outside of that, man, it's a lot of guys you guys don't really know. Jason Candle, Toledo's head coach. Uh, Chris Creighton, Eastern Michigan, maybe that would happen. Sean Lewis, Colorado offensive coordinator. Uh, I mean, do any of these sound as enticing as this name I'm about to throw out? Urban Meyer. What is the thought on Urban Meyer coming to Michigan State and coaching there? I tell you what, I I posted this on Twitter. The photoshops of him wearing the Michigan State windbreaker, it looks like (laughs) it's a real picture. Mm -hmm. It looks so like right. It looks like he should step into that position tomorrow. I I know it's probably lunacy to think this, but – Talk about a home run hire. Go get Urban Meyer, and you're going to win football games. Maybe. I don't think he picks up the phone if he sees East Lansing calling his cell phone. I just – I almost think he's so arrogant. He thinks he's so so high, so far above Michigan State. You know, why would he want to hurt his legacy and go to Michigan State and possibly lose to Jim Harbaugh a couple times in Michigan, you know, or something like that? I, I don't think Urban – that that's just the – What I'll throw out on this is – Oh my God! I don't think he is either. But if he did, oh my God, that would that yeah. would just be fire. I mean, <laughs> Harbaugh and Ann Arbor, yeah. Urban Meyer and East Lansing. Are you kidding me? That did would be you, that'd be a football yeah. fan's dream. That, that would did be you unreal. Just use the term fire as a descriptor. I did. <laughs> wow. He's been doing this wow. podcast long enough. You know, some of those <laughs> other ones. I, some yeah, of those other ones. It, yeah, they'd be intriguing. I, I'd be curious, like, why they would leave. Like, you know. Mark Stoops at Kentucky, you're never going to compete at Kentucky with Georgia, LSU, Alabama, even Florida, you know, so Kentucky is always going to be who they are in the SEC. So, yeah, why don't you take a shot at going to Michigan State? I don't that know, would maybe. be legit. That's that a would legit, be legit. Yeah. You know, some maybe the, the dude at Toledo, you know, if you want to go coach in the Big Ten, you know, go Jeez, do that. But um, how about but I also McElway? just wonder, like the last thing I was going to, I would also wonder how hesitant Michigan State's going to be to throw some money at, at some of these coaches because yeah. they just, they're still going through figuring out what the heck they're doing right. with Mel Tucker. So, which I wonder how that will affect the next hire. If, I mean, you 
I don't think they're going to have that sorted out by the time they hire the next coach, are they? I mean, this seems like something that might go on for a couple years. Maybe I'm being crazy. Yeah, it just know. seems like there's a lot of shit to sort out with the whole Mel Tucker thing, and that definitely could affect, uh, you know, the hiring pool. I mean, if you're Mike Elko, I mean, money's the only reason you would leave Duke, right? I don't, right. I don't view that as a big upgrade in terms of programs, right? Given the current state of Michigan State, I have to keep saying that. You know, this is a Michigan State when D'Antonio was leaving it. You know, 2017 or whenever that was, 2019. Right. right. Well, and then I just, it just crossed my mind that we had they had the whole Mel Tucker thing, and we don't have to rehash any of that. But Urban Meyer, the one negative was the whole situation at the bar. Right. <laughs> you know, that falls right in that same kind of category. Why would they ever want to dive Usually, into that again? Right. I don't know. Maybe maybe they operate under, under different rules, but it's like Mel, Urban Meyer is still like a talking head in college football. Like he's right. It's not like he's been canceled. So I don't yeah. know. I mean, maybe it's different if you're the head of the program. Uh, and that's why maybe they wouldn't do it, but he's still got that stain of the Jaguars on him. I mean, we know Urban Meyer can coach freaking college football. Yes, we saw can. that firsthand. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe he, he, he can recruit. He can coach. I just I think he would want nothing to do with Michigan State and everything they're going through right now. And like we said, if all the players leave, his roster would be just completely depleted. So mm-hmm. he would. It, it he would, would be, definitely be interesting. If, if he arrived at Michigan State, he would definitely pull a Deion Sanders. You with guys get out. I'm bringing yeah. my own guys. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, but I just like throwing that rumor out uh, yeah. that Urban Meyer is is in the is getting circled as a potential head coach candidate for Michigan State. Well, well speaking of or speaking of uh, Dion and using one of your favorite words, magical. How magical was the football schedule this last Saturday, man? It was it was such a beautiful day outside, and I stayed inside all day long watching <laughs> football. <laughs> it was. I, it was it was a perfect day to have multiple screens or yes, being, being able to flip back and forth because there were just so many games going on. I think, you know, I, I think there were a lot of people hoping that Oregon would kind of put Colorado back in their place. I was hoping for a little more of a competitive game, but it was clear that Oregon is up here in Colorado and Dion. They're they're still establishing their program. Maybe mm-hmm. they were a little overhyped after after their first few wins, but. Yeah, that was just a complete blowout. The, the Notre Dame-Ohio State game obviously was great. We brought up the the Ryan Day thing. But my quick thing on that, I think he just he was caught up in the moment. He was obviously pissed about what Lou Holtz said. Mm-hmm. I more just thought it was funny. It, it just yeah. looked really weird seeing, you know, a, a younger grown man calling out an 86-year-old Lou Holtz. Like, well, I don't know what the point, like what point he was trying to make. You know, Lou Holtz is just in the skit or the thing where he said that Ohio State wasn't tough or, you know, whatever Ryan Day was pissed about. It was kind of like a bit. I mean, he wasn't like up there being a being an analyst breaking down Ohio State. It was kind of like a bit on the Pat McAfee show. So I don't know. Like it was just kind of all strange. I think it was mostly like he was caught up in the moment. He was pretty Mm -hmm. fired up. Like you said, Ted, he's feeling the pressure of, you know, Ohio State and, you know, having to win a national title and stuff. But I don't know. Ryan Day just seems like kind of a cornball to me. I, I don't know. I've always liked Ryan Day. I know I'm kind of in the minority on that. It's hard to explain. I, I, he kind of looked like an idiot. I agree on Saturday. I mean, I, I think his initial comment, I loved it. You know, then then he kind of kept going on and on saying, you know, we played one bad a half football in two years. That's when, Ted, what you kind of noted, which is, and you as well, Maz, like, yeah, he definitely seems to be feeling some pressure. Uh, right. The fact that those are kind of top of his head after an emotional victory like that. But I have no problem with him going after Lou Holtz. We talked about it a little bit in the catch-up. Right. Lou Holtz was coming for him. I mean, what Lou Holtz <laughs> said on that show, Lou Holtz is Lou Holtz. And what Lou Holtz prefaced his whole comment with was, 
I coached at Ohio State with Woody Hayes. I won a national title there. I know what Ohio State football, you know, is supposed to look like, blah, blah, blah. Then he went on to say what everybody will say about Ohio State under Ryan Day. Oh, they're not tough. They don't win in the trenches. They're soft. I mean, I loved what Ryan, what Ryan Day said. Where's Lou Holtz now? Because <laughs> he grabbed right up Notre Dame's, uh, you know, butt. And on fourth and one, they showed their toughness. They got it in the end zone. Now, Notre Dame only had 10 guys in the field. But in terms of Ryan Day's tirade, I didn't hate it. I think it kind of showed some fire. I mean, this is clearly an Ohio State team that needs a little bit of, like, juice, something. They need some confidence in this quarterback. They need something to get going right. And I don't see him kind of going on national news and kind of drumming up some publicity and drumming up some fire in his team. I loved it. That's that's the kind of game there, too, for that quarterback for Ohio State that he's going to get a lot of confidence out of coming back in that atmosphere and picking up that win. You know, and, and... and Day's feeling the pressure. I mean, Notre Dame's head coach has got to be feeling the pressure today. I mean, how do you how do you possibly have ten guys on the field after a timeout? How does that happen? Right. How does that possibly happen? And then then the comment was, well, he was going to send a player on, but it was going to probably be a penalty. You're, you're, it's going to be six inches. That's the right. penalty. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I will. He seems like he's a guy that, like, when he walks into a room, he, like, commands it. I don't know. There's uh-huh. something about Marcus right. Freeman that I'm like, I would want to play for that guy. Right. Inexcusable. I mean, you talk about who looked dumber, uh, Ryan Day or Ryan Day's little post-game tirade or Marcus Freeman not having 10 guys out there. I mean, right. what is going on? No, like you kidding. said, that's something that wouldn't happen in a youth game. Even right. on the players, it's like whoever's subbing out, subbing in, how do you not look on the field and, like, realize, like, this guy who's normally out there in this package, like, is not out there. And just, they ran uh, right to that spot too. You know, they had right two to guys on the left side of the field. I know. The left side of the line, they had two players, not even in a three-point stance. And they waltzed into the end zone essentially. Yeah. Um, did, did either of you guys as Michigan fans like look at that game and say, I'm worried about those teams? I didn't. I looked at that no. and said, Dude, yeah. I think Michigan's a two wins these beats both these teams by two scores. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think maybe it'd be a, a good game. I don't know if it'd be a blowout type of thing. Two scores, maybe. I just, yeah, I, I feel like Michigan, once they, you know, get the couple guys that have been out on defense, you know, get healthy. And I, I think if they play their game, they're fine. I, I really just right now feel like Michigan, since they're using J.J. McCarthy a little more, you know, through the air, I, I really, I'm not worried about them. It's the turnovers. It's if, yeah. if you turn the ball over with the way that they play and the running clock and everything, it's going to make it tough. They had a couple good calls offensively in that game, too. The, the flea flicker thing, that kind of yeah. got them going in the right direction. If they keep mixing it up like that, I think they'll be fine as well. And, yeah. you know, it should be a it should be a heck of a lot of fun heading down the stretch this season. Well, let's let's go from college football, boys, to a little bit of Detroit Lions football. Uh, yeah. Picked up a big win today. We're recording on Sunday, 20 to 6 over the Falcons. I mean, you know. Jared Goff, we're all believers in him now, aren't we? I mean, I kind of was the guy right at the beginning that said, hey, give the guy some break when they made that trade that, you know, the guy did go to the Super Bowl and we've watched him develop under this system and Ben Johnson. They love each other. He's he throws dimes. I mean, (laughs) he's just a he's the right quarterback for this team right now, without a doubt. He is. I mean, he, he threw the one interception today, but you know that, I mean, stuff like that's going to happen. He went on that, what, 383 pass streak without yeah. a, without an interception. I mean, that's just not going to happen all the time. You right. know, quarterbacks throw interceptions, but then he bounced back, made some big throws. Um, no, this team, I, I honestly, I think I even tweeted out. I was expecting, I was kind of expecting a loss after her, the injury report, you know, multiple offensive linemen out, Gardner Johnson out. 
Uh, James Houston out. We talked about it all on the podcast last week. It just seemed like, and and the Falcons were actually playing pretty well. I mean, their their offense yeah, with Bijan Robinson, you know, they were yeah, they're two and zero. They were playing pretty well. It just felt like this was not a good sign for the Lions. And I honestly, like right away, that completely flipped because they came out and Anzalone, I think on the first play of the game, laid someone out, and I was like, oh geez, okay. And then you know, He's Brian playing. Branch. Brian Branch is making play after play after play. That is just a hell of a draft pick. And Laporta looks like I'm perfect. I'm fine. I don't even remember TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> Me neither. Laporta, <laughs> I, I want He's better him. better than I never was already. Yep. And Goff, I mean, St. Brown's just a stud. He might be my favorite receiver in the league. I mean, I mean, this it's offense, man, I'm, I'm telling you, I think this offense can keep up with anyone. And, and they don't even have Gibbs- Jameson. No, I was just no, but Ted, don't you notice who you didn't say, Jameer what? Gibbs? No, I was just gonna say they gave him 17 carries. He got 80 yards. He had a solid game. Finally got again, him back. I, I wish they would. I wish they would try and use his speed a little more. But I mean, I'm yeah, not me ben too. Johnson, me too. But it's, you know. it's, I'm gonna be positive here. Um, you know, I again, I still think the Gibbs pick was just flat out bad. It's kind of like you know what I do. You know what I've done the last five years in golf. I'll buy a new driver. You know, I'll upgrade that. <laughs> <laughs> sexy purchase, but then when I probably should be getting, you know, a 56 degree wedge that I've never had in my bag, but I've always needed, or maybe I a lesson, or a lesson. <laughs> um, but flat out, it's just, it's just what I don't, it just was a dumb pick. I, I agree. He had his best game so far, and it was an 80 yard, it was an 80 burger. I mean, am I supposed to get excited about that? He was the, yeah. he was the bell cow back today, and he came up with 80 yards. Great player. They just, it's just, it's just a weird, he's kind of not an elite pass catcher, not an elite runner. He's this kind of middle ground of both. And I'd almost rather just have somebody who's either, it's kind of like down on Edwards. I'd rather have either he's like, you know, an elite runner and not a very good pass catcher or an elite pass catcher, well, basically a wide out well, and not that good of a runner. Well, it's the NFL. Look at his counterpart for the Falcons. Oh, he's came in with all the high flying, you know, stats. Lions shut him down. Yep. He's also I mean, three games into his career. Right. So, I mean, we're <laughs> I mean, trying to figure that out, you know. Um, <laughs> no, I'm with you. I mean, we might look back in a year or two and be like, ah, that maybe wasn't the best pick. But yeah, at this point, I'm going to go ahead and trust Brad Holmes, who seems to be hitting home run after home run with his he draft does, picks. Four I mean, solid Jack, rookies. Four Jack solid Campbell's rookies. out there finally looks like he's figuring out the NFL game. Like We already mentioned Laporta. You know, Gibbs are figuring him out. Um, Brian Branch, like I said, is just, I mean, he's already a stud out there. Yes. The one maybe, I guess we'll see how Jamison Williams plays out. Um, you know, that one might come back to maybe not be the best. But I am curious to see when he does come back, how they're going to fit him in. Because yeah. Khalif Raymond is all of a sudden starting to turn into a pretty solid number two option. Laporta, yes, obviously, stepping up. So, like, if all of a sudden you bring Jamison Williams in, who's supposed to be your speed, like, deep threat, that might just open everything up for everyone. So this offense, I hope the offensive line can get healthy. They kind of, you could see there were some backups in today. Mm-hmm. Goff, Goff was under a little more pressure than he usually is. So hopefully they, so they turn around and they play Thursday night against the Packers. Hopefully, yeah, maybe, maybe Taylor Decker can be back or, you know, something on the offensive line, but that would maybe be the one thing. Hopefully the offensive line can, can get healthy. Here's, here's what I'm thinking about doing fellas. How's this sound? I, uh, I've, I've, I'm going to go to the Tiger game on Thursday. Oh. But I'm thinking about, you know, if I can do it stamina-wise, I'm thinking about hanging around and going to the going to Ford Field, watch the Lions-Packers after the Tiger game. It's at, wow. uh, I think it's in Green Bay, isn't it? 
No, I'm talking about watching it with the Lion fans. At oh, no, no. Here's what I'm going to say. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. I love the idea of staying in Detroit for the game. Don't yeah. be one of the guys at the – I think that's one of the weirder things is going to the stadium and sitting and watching it on the screens. I don't do, know. Do, I, people do, do it. I love – maybe people do it for like a Michigan and National Championship or basketball and I stuff. it would be kind of cool. I'm going to be know. right – I'm going to be right, right next door. Right. Have fun spending those concession stand prices. <laughs> well, Michael Michael fly to the freaking Green Bay and go watch the game there for the same price. Well, that's a, that's a point. That's a point. Well, it consider. could be. I mean, like you said, since you're already downtown Detroit, maybe that would right. be the excuse. I don't know if I would like dry, make a trip specifically to do that. No, but since no. you're already going to be there, that that could be kind of cool. But I mean, yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to that game, man. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's something Green Bay is kind of feisty right now. Anytime those two teams match up, Lambeau Field Thursday night football. I mean, oh, it's, it's so, we're getting spoiled with the primetime games, man. Yeah, and and Matt, you brought it up. You texted. Uh, I love this. What is it? Prime Vision. Prime I Vision. like that. It is cool. I mean, you, it, they only put the graphics and stuff on what every three or four plays. It's not like it's every play, but you know, it adds a little bit to the broadcast and. I don't know if I'll got be watching the, it. Still got the, the announcers. Now. Still got the announcers. Right. It's 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 a pretty neat thing. It's not for me. Man. It's cool. It's different. I think maybe there's ways they can you know start introducing that sort of stuff into the broadcast. But it's just not. I, I, yeah, if you Matt, like you said, I'm not going to be watching Prime Vision uh, come Thursday night for this big time uh, Lions yeah. matchup. I got to say this. I mean, the NFL in the room. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson had finally woke up. That was good to see. That's what I, I, that's what I thought your one apology was going to be. Yeah, me I, I'm too. Not, I'm not at that point yet with Hutchinson. <laughs> he had a great game. We, we, he's a great player. I never said he wasn't a great player. You said um, overrated. Yeah, because like I said, I mean, this is literally a conversation I had with Lion, a Lion fan today, or, or maybe this was last week. Maybe I mentioned I don't. I can't. This was last week. I don't. Maybe I mentioned this already. He said that he was in between Nick and Joey Bosa. That's how people view him. He's he's a top. He's a top thirty pass rusher in the league. Maybe top fifteen. If he keeps having games like today, I'll put him in the top five. Mm-hmm. Man, but we just need to see more of it. I need to see more of it, and I need to see more of it when the game's not already out of balance. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Well, he had the he had the game ceiling sack, strip sack, and recovered the fumble today. So he's good. I, again, I, I mean, you're. I I don't want to sound like an idiot. Yes, he's a great player. I, I just need to see more. And I, I'm like halfway to being fully apologetic about this whole Hutchinson thing. I need yeah. to see a couple more games like that. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I said last week that the, the wind was starting to leave my sail. If the Lions would have lost today and then went into Thursday one and two and then potentially uh, I might have yeah. been out on this season. This game, I, just the way they played after all the injuries and stuff. I mean, Dan Campbell's always going to have these guys playing hard. And if they go in Thursday night and beat the Packers on the road at Lambeau and they're three and one. I mean, the Vikings are slipping. The, the Bears are an absolute mess. So yeah. the, the division will be right there for the Lions. Yep. Big game so, on Thursday. It's going to be awesome. Prime time, baby. All right, let's wrap this thing up with just a quick entertainment right after this. Are you ready to take your brand to the next level? Look no further. Introducing AZ Branding Solutions, where we help grow your brand from A to Z. At AZ, we're committed to helping businesses and organizations like yours reach new heights. Our full-service print and digital branding agency is your one-stop destination for all things branding. Need a stunning web or graphic design that captures your essence? We've got you covered. Want captivating social media content that engages your audience? Done. And that's not all. We're experts in video production and photography, ensuring your brand tells a compelling visual story. Plus, we specialize in screen printing and embroidery, turning your brand into wearable art that speaks volumes. 
Whether you're a startup or an established business, AZ is here to transform your brand dreams into reality. Ready to grow with us? Partner with AZ today and experience the difference. Visit our website at www.az.co or give us a call at 1-844-360-AZEE. AZ Branding Solutions, where your success begins. All right, uh, well, news kind of broke today. Um, it's good, it's not bad, it's not horrible. Uh, Usher has been announced as the Super Bowl halftime show this year. Um, hasn't really heard any rumors of who might be with him. He's, I don't think he's that guy that's going to be able to do it by himself, so he's going to have some people with him. I don't know, Matt. I mean, you're this is kind of more your generation. I like Usher. He's got some bangers. Um, I don't know if he's a Super Bowl superstar in my in my way of looking at it, but he was your generation, so maybe lay it out a little bit better than I can. What do you think? He of is. He he is the definition of like what honestly, man. Honestly, like what Prince was for probably Ted's generation, and like maybe even Michael Jackson. Michael you know? Jackson. I was thinking, yeah. Right. He is that for an R&B artist. He was that big in the, you know, mid 90s, late 90s, early 2000s. And I mean, he started being featured in basically every song there for a stretch. I mean, that that's what it's going to be. No no one doing a Super Bowl. You're, you're they're going to bring out guests. So is he going to bring out Bieber? You know, he did a few songs with Bieber. Lil Jon, Ludacris, um Will I Am from Black Eyed Peas, you know, and there's a bunch of other I mean, P Diddy and him did a bunch of songs together. And, you know, there's a long list of Daisy. other people. I don't yeah, think Jay-Z. they ever did a song, but I know they're friends. Yep. Alicia Keys, she, he, he did some songs with her. So, I mean, the list is there for some, some people that he could bring out that would make it like, ah, you know, you're going to go crazy. Right. And, um, yeah, it's probably a generational thing because, I mean, <laughs> Usher was dropping, like you said, Banger. When I was in high school and then into college, it was just hit after hit after hit after hit for Usher. So, you probably love that Confessions album. I mean, that yeah. was right in your that was right in your heyday, right? It wasn't it like 2004. Yep, man, I listened to it on loop. So I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> is he, he a, is he a dance? Is he a dancer too? I mean, oh yeah. He, yeah. He's, I mean, he's a do dancer. you know? Do you, I mean, can you name one Usher song? I'm not trying to like be a jerk. I'm just kind of. What do you know? An Usher song? Are you asking me? Yeah. No. No. You would. But if you had to see how the how the if you heard him, you would know. Yeah, I can't tell you the title. I'm sure I've heard his music. Um, Is it kind of sad to hear the the tides have turned? You know, I remember when I was a kid, it's like, who the hell is this, you know, Eagles, Tom Petty guy or whatever. (laughs) Now it's to the point where it's kind of flipped where you're now the minority because it's gotten so young. Is it kind of weird? It is a little weird. You know, we've we've talked about it on this pod before. You know, you look at the obvious, you know, Taylor Swift, maybe Ed Sheeran, but Usher kind of came out of nowhere to me. But Taylor Swift turned it down. Taylor Swift turned it down. So, right. And we don't even need to talk about Taylor Swift. She's dating Travis Kelsey now, so that's wild. Uh, I, mean, I, I love that couple. I, I know you guys didn't necessarily ask for my opinion on that, but but I love that yeah. couple. There's something I love Travis Kelsey. Just a, just an interesting cat, and it's just, it's hilarious to me that they're dating. I was, yeah, actually, I was at gonna, the game today. I was going to bring that up in entertainment, or at some point, like she's at she's at the game. It's all the headlines, and yeah. it's all over Twitter because the game is cutting to her up in the booth with her mom, throwing out with, with Travis Kelsey's mom. And so, I mean, that's if there's a power couple, that's a power couple right there, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. I guess so. But yeah, well, speaking of Kelsey, I was gonna. I'm surprised it hasn't come up. Have you guys watched the Kelsey documentary? Um, no, Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey's brother. I think it's on Amazon Prime. It might be yeah, Netflix. Prime. 
Is it Piranha? I haven't seen it. No, I don't know. I, I mean, if, if this if this dropped in the summer, like some of them untolds, I would have watched it. But, I mean, we're in the heart of football right now. It's like right. I'm having a hard time with work, football, uh, you know, everything else going on. It's like, man, I, I don't have enough time for one of these documentaries. Yeah. Yeah, I heard it's good. So, I mean, it might be something, you know, get a couple hours or whatever, knock it out on Amazon Prime. Speaking of Prime, we did finally watch Barbie. Okay. Uh, so you dropped it, the 20 bucks on it. Dropped the 20 at 24.99 actually. What? Um, oh, you bought it? We you rented it. So You rented uh, it and it's 24.99? Is that yeah, yeah. 24.99 to rent um, you know, like basically going to the movie theater, I guess. Holy but, cow, I didn't know it was that expensive. Well, yeah. it's because it's just because it's it's like because it's it's not fully on DVD yet. You know, it just right. came out of theaters, so it okay. has a lot of movies have the stretch now where it's like a thirty dollar rental. That's until right. It becomes whatever a three dollar rental in in a couple months. Okay. Yeah, and then it'll probably drop or whatever. But yeah, we had a morning where I didn't have to be to work until a little later, and my wife was off, so we were like, "Hey, let's let's have some mimosas and let's watch Barbie, make a little okay. morning out of it." But I, I thought it was fantastic. I want to watch it again. Oh, there you not, go. Not going to drop $25 and rent it again, but you know, <laughs> I, I would love to watch it again and see like what things I didn't pick up on, whatever. I'm I just thought like, the same thing. Every, everything that, that we talked about before, like you mentioned, Margot Robbie obviously just Ooh. knocked it out of the park. Ryan Gosling, amazing. The yeah. Alan character, it would have been funny if they did a little more with Alan because he needed was him. Yeah, more of him, man. Yeah, that would have been funny, but. It's just like impressive how, and you knew it would be if they do a movie like this. You felt like you were in Barbie land. I mean, you, you like, it was just so authentic, everything about it. And especially now, cause Barbies are my daughter's favorite toys. I mean, she's uh -huh. got the dream house and she's got Barbies upon Barbies. So like all the little toys and everything that they were doing, like she has a lot of that stuff. So that was kind of cool to see. I don't think. You know, my, my assessment, honestly, I'd say three out of three on the three-point podcast scale. I just thought it was wow. fantastic. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was too much of like, you know, so many people were criticizing it, saying it was too much of a, a feminist movement, you know, whatever. I, I don't think it was that. I think, obviously, there was a message that they were um, trying to send or, you know, trying to convey. But I, I, also, I also think, like, that's what Barbie is. Like, they're, that like if you're going to do a movie about Barbie, Barbie is about, like, women – you know, there's a Barbie doctor, there's a Barbie teacher, there's a Barbie astronaut, there's a Barbie everything. So like, that's what the movie, that's what Barbie is. So if you're going to do a movie about Barbie, that's kind of what the message is. I don't think it was too much, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't think it was over the top or anything. Um, there was comedy when you needed it. You know, there was a little bit of like, you know, emotion and stuff, you know, that kept you going. So Oh man, it, it very, very, very good movie. Will Ferrell I, was funny too. Yeah, so. I can't wait to see this because I've been hearing like, and, and, and this was kind of the buzz, or I, and I don't know if it was necessarily always pointed toward the feminist thing, but just in terms of the movie as a whole, I've been hearing like very negative reviews that it's horrible, like I can't watch it. And really? I've been hearing reviews like from you guys that it's like, it's awesome. I can't, I, I want to watch it again. So I don't know where I'm going to fall on it, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Knowing you, you're going to fall opposite of us. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, again, I have people in my life, both sides love it. Both like some love it, some hate it. So I'm not going to be biased going in to watch it. So All it'll right. be a true review. Check it out. And man. honestly, like, I mean, we don't have to get into this conversation. I agree with the message that they were sending, you know, like the stuff they were talking about with, how messed up, you know, when she, not, I mean, this isn't spoiler alert for you, Jared, but when she went to the real world and had this eye opening, like, oh, geez, the real world kind of sucks, you know, with some <laughs> of the things they were talking about. It's like, it was, it was like true stuff. It was like, they weren't trying to sugarcoat stuff or they, you know, so. Right. 
I didn't think it was anything out of line or too much. So I, I would be curious to hear your review, Jared. Yeah, I, I will see. I mean, I, I almost like want to just crap on it just because I know how much you guys have loved it. So, but I won't, I promise I won't do that. I promise I won't do that. Open mind, nice man. Movie. Open I, mind. I'm, be honest, I'm, gonna, I'm a little bit low on funds. So I'm going to have to wait till it drops <laughs> from the 25 to the three. Yeah. So it might be a while. Yeah. yeah I'm, and I'm waiting to watch it again when it's free, when it's yeah. on one of the HBO Max or something. But right. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's that's good enough, fellas. I think we made it through another podcast. We got another big week of football ahead of us. Uh, I can't wait. And, you know that Goodrich and Corona game Friday night is going to be awesome. It's on Z ninety two five, the Castle game of the week, number four or number one Goodrich in Division four taking on Division five, number four Corona Cavaliers. Unless they moved up a slot, but man, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun at the Knicks. So if you can't make it out. Definitely listen on the radio, and even if you uh, can make it out, download our free app, Z925.com, and you can listen in while you watch. I just want to thank our friends at Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center for being our title sponsor here on this podcast. Make sure you sign up, get a membership, get healthy. Sign up also for that October 21st Go Green, Go Blue 5K Run Walk. And uh, also want to thank our friends at AZ Branding Solutions. Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Thanks to Chesanine Head Coach Matt Walter for a fun conversation. And uh, we look forward to seeing uh, the Chesanine Indians make the playoffs and maybe make a little bit of noise this year. Yeah. That'll do it, everybody. Peace and love. Be kind. Thanks for listening. Hey gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan Chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.